0: Morning, friends. A um, couple of things I want to start off with, just as precursors. One, I mumble, so if you're having a hard time understanding me, I'm sorry. Maybe let me know, do one of these. Uh, <laughs> secondly, I'm a little bit awkward. I like to do kind of weird things. Uh, for one, uh, free gets on my case about this all the time. Uh, I like to take my, guida- my, my guitar to exams and uh, play like soft music before the exam. It calms me down. I like to think it calms other people down. Sometimes people like it. Free hates it. She always tells me, Richie, I'm embarrassed for you. Please just put it away. (laughs) So, like, if something like that happens, it might. I'm sorry. Uh, The other thing is, I'm kind of a klutz. On the way out here, I completely wiped out in the parking lot, bashed my finger on my shovels. It was a great time. No big deal. Like, we're good. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So... This morning, we're going to be talking about being children of God and our purpose in that. I've kind of titled this, uh, What It's All About. So, we're going to go into 1 John uh, chapter 2, verses 28-23. This is harder to do with the mic than I thought. And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ, so that when he returns you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. We see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. Dear God, I just thank you for this morning and the opportunity that we have. And I just pray um, for peace, um, for an open heart, for us to um, just listen to your will and obey it this morning, God. And yeah, just lead us this morning. So um, I'm just going to jump right out of the gate with the first point I want to make. It's all about who you are. Um, This first section of this passage talks a lot about being the children of God. Um, And that's a really big deal uh, because the God that's our father is infinite and perfect (laughs) And if you haven't noticed, we're finite and very imperfect, so it's it kind of is a really big, really big gap, really big jump. Something significant has to be in the be in that place um, to be able to bring us there. Um, and being the children of God is is a really big deal. Um, and if you, for those of you that have been around, you might remember this um, freshman. I'm sorry, you don't, but uh, the fall of 2017. Gavin and Kim gave a great series on identity, talking all about being children of God, focused around Romans 8. If you don't remember that, go check it out. It's online. Um, yeah, but I am going to go to Romans 8 um, because there is some stuff that's in there that's really um, breaks this open for us a bit. So I'm going to start at Romans 8, verse 14. Um, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share his suffering. It's a very personal relationship that we get to have with God because of us being able to be his children and therefore heirs and therefore we get to inherit heaven. And that's incredible. And I can't go into everything that they went into, uh, in a ser- series before. So I'm just referencing that. Let me look that up later if you like. Um, one thing I know that we don't really understand like 95% of us in this room because we don't have kids and that's a big deal. Um, parents have a much easier time understanding the love of the father in, my eyes just because they have this understanding of what it's like to have a kid and to love that one so so much i don't get it um here's why um i'm gonna get a little heavy here but just hold on with me for a minute um so when i was like just a kid my parents split up when i was really young and uh my mom was a single mom with two kids and I know that there are stories of days where she genuinely went, like, without eating to make sure that my sister and I could. It's a pretty big deal. And I don't understand that kind of love. And I know that God's love is so much more immeasurable than that. I, I don't get it. I, I just know that it's great and that I want it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a – the love of a parent for that of a child – is being willing to make every sacrifice, and like at the point of putting themselves completely in harm's way, it doesn't really make sense, but it's beautiful, isn't it? Um, yeah, God was willing to give everything He had, is, is sending Jesus down out of heaven to take on human form. That's pretty incredible to be born in basically you know a donkey's food tray, like the sacrifice that he was willing to make, and then to send him to die on a cross for you and me. He, he knows everything about us and everything that we are, all of our rights and all of our wrongs. The fact that he still chose to do that just blows me away. Um, every time Doc talks about the gospel, he breaks down because he gets it. I know that I, I don't get it that way, and I, I want to get to that point. And it's just about growing deeper and learning more and just diving into God, everything that God has for us. But there's something significant there. It, it's all about who we are because we're children of God, and that makes us something that we weren't before because <laughs> we're really nothing without him. Um, okay, stuff aside, we're going to move to point number two. It really is all about who you are. It really is all about who you are. Um, and I'm not just going to say, say the same thing again, I promise. Um, so, uh, in back to our passage in verse John, in uh, chapter 3, verse 1, uh, it says, See how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. Other people don't know what Christ is like, and therefore don't know who we are as his children. Um, I'm going to step away for a second and come back to that, because it talks about our purpose and the fact that people don't understand Christ, and we have the opportunity as light to let people in on that really big, special thing. Um, so I want to talk about tree planting this morning a little bit. You're probably wondering why I have shovels here. It's a little bit weird. Um, when I first got here, that was probably the one thing that a few people knew about me was that I tree planted for three summers, and if you don't know about tree planting, it's hell. And I love it. <laughs> I went back for three summers. Don't know why. Um, but yeah, um, it's a really hard time, and it's all about uh, planting as many trees as you can because it, you just get paid by the tree. It's all that matters. It's all anyone cares about. Um, it's piecework. So uh, one thing that I'm pretty sure nobody knows about me is I was actually a bad tree planter. Uh, <laughs> so in my whole three summers of tree planting, I planted a grand total of about somewhere in the realm of 200,000 trees in nine months. You think that's a lot, right? Well, here's the thing. Uh, everyone usually gets there and sets goals for their summer. Um, an average goal that they usually recommend to people if they don't know where to start is 100,000 trees in one summer. And I see people make that every single summer, even brand new rookies that have just started tree planting. That's half of what I did in three summers. There's another thing involved. I'm not going to justify it. It just It's what happened. I don't think I'm the best tree planter out there. Um, Yeah, by other people's standards and kind of by my own. um, And that is my little yellow shovel here. His name is Rocket. uh, Because I wanted to go fast. I wanted to do the thing that everyone told me to do. Um, You might be wondering why it's a little bit shorter than the other one. Uh, Basically you put the tree in the ground You push the the shovel forward and back To kind of make a crack in the ground right? And then you put the tree in the shovel In the hole, pull it out Close it, keep walking And that cranking motion If the shovel's shorter then it's easier to do And you can do it a little bit faster So that's why it's shorter uh, And why I called it Rocket Because I wanted to go fast Um, Yes It's the thing that I wanted to do That everyone told me that I should do Um, But my foreman had a different idea in mind in my third summer. My foreman made me a part-time checker uh, Which meant that half the day I checked other people's trees and half the day I planted trees For the part that I was checking it was about quality control because there's really high quality standards in tree planting You have to have 95% perfect trees That includes your spacing the kind of ground you put it in how you put it in how deep it is how tight the hole is everything It's pretty technical Um, but the one good thing about being slow was that I really cared about doing it right. Um, (laughs) a lot of planters, because you, you only care about how many trees you put in, the sloppier the better, just get it done. But I have to go around and kind of be the planting police and tell other people that they did a bad job and that they have to go fix it. Um, but that represented something because it meant that my foreman trusted me with his crew and them doing a good job and making sure that they knew that whether or not they were doing a good job. Because if they didn't do a good job, my foreman got fined a whole bunch of money on every group of land that we did. Um, Yeah. And as a checker, that was a little bit, you know, uh, (laughs) there were good days and bad days, but it it meant that, um, yeah, that my foreman trusted me with his own crew, which was kind of a big deal. Um, The other thing that it meant was that I was training people uh, planters always plant in pairs, and, well, not always, but usually we plant in pairs. And I was always put with the slowest rookie. Whoever was the newest person that was going the slowest in the first week usually got put with me, because being the slowest vet, it was most likely that they'd be, they'd be able to keep up with me. Here's hoping. <laughs> uh, but it also meant that I was working with the person that needed the most work, that needed the most effort and support and pushing and time. Um, and Andrew says in pot class, and this has always stuck with me, that, um, the sign that you're teaching right is that your ceiling becomes their floor. Um, I think that's something to aim for, for sure. And one thing that I always tried to do with my, my rookies was make sure that they were doing better than I was because I didn't really care about being the best. I knew I sucked. Um, (laughs) so in attempting to do that, um, the the most I've planted in a day is like something like three thousand three hundred forty five trees. It's actually exactly that. Um, my rookies have all beaten me on that number, um, and more importantly, I've had rookies hit that one hundred thousand tree mark in a summer. I've never actually gotten there. I've gotten close. I got ninety thousand in one summer and one time. That was good. But I care more about the crew as a whole, making sure that their quality's right, and the rookies making sure they're they're learning and doing well and succeeding. And that is my green shovel here. His name is Bastion. It's a little extra, I know. But uh, it's the one that represents... Oh, dear. Rocket. Um, oh, no. Give me a second, guys. It represent, the Bastion represents the purpose that my foreman had for me versus the purpose that I have for myself. And the purpose that my foreman had for me, he trusted me with other people. And sometimes, sometimes God trusts us with people too, eh? Um, It's pretty often that He puts people in our lives um, in order for us to love on them and grow a relationship with them, and pour into them, and show them the love and light of Christ. Um, I want to share another story about a friend of mine who uh, he was a neighbor. He was a bit younger than me, and when he was younger, but like both his parents split, and they were both like partiers, alcoholics, you name it, uh, pretty loose on rules and such. And one day when he was in middle school, his dad got saved. And it was a pretty big deal. Um, But his dad started adding a lot of rules because he really cared about what the gospel meant, not just what it said. So um, he didn't like that there was a whole bunch of rules all of a sudden. And he just outright rejected it. He started going to church for like a month or two. And then he just stopped. And he kept going to youth group for like a couple years, which is part of why I'm in the youth program now. But... um, yeah, uh, after he stopped going to the youth group and didn't care about what his dad had to say or what his stepmom had to say or any other Christian influence, it kind of left him with just me, and that was a little bit scary because all him and I did was play video games and watch The Walking Dead. Not exactly God-honoring, right? <laughs> um, but I knew that um, my friend was a twerp, <laughs> like like he was a jerk, <laughs> And the thing was, I wanted to make sure that he understood that being a jerk is not okay and learning how to show other people, you know, being good to other people, so on and so forth. Um, So when we watch The Walking Dead, I mean, you watch an Apocalypse show, you see the worst and the best in people, right? Like, they're willing to kill other people to survive. That's pretty terrible. There's also some good choices that they make. And we would sit after the episodes and analyze the characters' ethics and talk about that. And it's kind of cool. But um, obviously not the most God-honoring thing. But uh, the intention was to teach him what being good to other people is like, because he just liked to be a jerk for no odd reason. Um, And recently he got a girlfriend that he actually treated properly for once, which blew my mind. He's actually learning and growing up, and I'm pretty proud. But uh, (laughs) yeah, it, it really matters. It really is all about who you are. Because if you're a child of God, it means you have the opportunity to show that to other people. And we really need to take care of that. Because God has a purpose for us where he trusts us with other people. He really does. The last point I want to make pretty quickly before class starts um, is in verse 3 uh, of chapter 3 back in our passage. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. So point 3. Point one was, uh, what was it? It's all about who you are. It really is all about who you are. How you are is right up there with who you are. Sorry, it's kind of awkward. Um, but the thing is, if we're not, if we live in a way that represents who Christ is, that kind of involves being like Christ. It kind of involves being like a good light. You don't just want to pour bad light into other people. Why would they want that? Um, so I'm going to reference one of my favorite passages. Now, If you've been in one of Alf's classes, you'll notice that all of them are one of his favorite passages. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows his actual favorite passage. Nope, never mind. It's fine. It's Esther. Um, yeah, Psalm 119. Um, I'm going to go through 1 to 9. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. They have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. Verse nine: How can a young person stay pure by living according to your word? It kind of says it, right? I mean, we want to know how to live rightly. We want to know how to do what God's calling us to do. And it's right there in the book. It's in order to be able to get to, get to the point, which we we don't actually get to the point. We're still imperfect. We still sin. It happens. But to get as close as we can, as Doc says, to keep putting off the old man, we have to try and get into the word and focus on it and just lean in. Kind of scares me, the thought that uh, there are pastors that don't read the Bible or people that are wanting to be pastors that don't read the Bible, myself included sometimes, oftentimes. Uh, Yeah, it's scary, right? Uh, We're here in Bible college. We love the Bible, but... We actually need to read it. We actually need to ingest it Um, because it's really important. It it is all about who you are. And if you're the child of God, to understand that, you have to have the word in your heart. And the spirit does that with us. As it said back in Romans 8, it's the spirit that brings us to the father, right? Um, It's a personal relationship that we get to have because we have the Holy Spirit. And he goes ahead and solidifies that for us. Uh, I want to share one more story from tree planting real quick before we go. Um, In my first season, I had one partner who was dating another guy in camp who said he was a Christian. And one day we were planting together, and she says, Hey, Rich, um, so my boyfriend says he's a Christian. You also say you're a Christian. But how come he's off drinking and, you know, smoking meth and having a good time, and you're just doing you, like, not that? What's that about? So... (laughs) I actually got to spend the next two days explaining my faith. And it was sweet. Um, but the reason we even got to that conversation in the first place was because I wasn't drinking like the rest of the tree planters. Um, and that's not to say I like, was perfect or anything. I definitely made sure to co- start the conversation by telling her, no, I am not perfect. Here's a bunch of things that I do wrong. Um, but the nice thing is, is that that allowed her to level with me And or meet a level with her and make sure that I'm not like talking down to her about the gospel, but saying, "Hey, it's for everybody and it's beautiful, isn't it? Being the children of God's a great thing." Yeah, Uh, we have that opportunity, but in order to be able to share that light, we have to go ahead and live it too. So it's all about who you are, because being children of God's a big deal. There was a big sacrifice made for you, and it's beautiful. Love it. Pour into it. It really is all about who you are because that means that you have the opportunity to give that opportunity to other people. And how you are is right up there with who you are because we got to live pure in order for that to matter and for other people to be able to see it. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for today. Uh, thank you for every opportunity that we have to walk in your light and to seek your spirit. And I pray that you would uh just pour into this today, bless us as we go on our day, and give us strength and guidance as we walk. Name your pray. Amen.